In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an amazing guest here with me. Gurpreet, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Pamela. Gurpreet, it is so amazing to have you here today. Such an honor to have you. And I'm just pumped to hear your story. And like, you know, the opening question for you will be, you know, what led you on your amazing journey to where you are today? Because you've got quite a journey and a lot of different experiences that have shaped who you are, especially in the HR field. So I, and it's so needed right now with COVID and I know we'll jump into it, but what really Mm -hmm. led you to your path to where you are today? Well, funny story is that it's actually not funny, but I always knew since I was 16 that I was going to be an entrepreneur and have my own business. What that business looked like, I didn't know. I do come from an entrepreneur family. My dad was a serial entrepreneur. So growing up, I had pretty much grew up like I was four years old when my dad started his first business. So I always knew that I'm going to be business like I, I knew that. But I didn't know what it was going to be. And long story short, I ended up in HR. I don't have a background in HR. My degree is actually in IT management. But I had a plan B when I was graduating that I didn't want to be one of those new grads that couldn't land a job and then had to go back to school. So I was like, wait, I don't want to do that. So I did plan B while I was in uni with HR certificate. It, it, It worked out great in my program. So it's not like I have to do extra work. Long story short... Got HR certificate, landed in HR, loved it. It well went really well with my personality. My first boss always said, you're an entrepreneur, you're wasting your time. I was like, no, 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 I'm not wasting my time. I just want to learn the corporation, uh, different organizations, how they operate and all that stuff. So I really wanted to learn the business. And I think because I had that business mind, any HR job, any company I worked for, I really got involved in the business. And I think that really made me a better HR person because I understood the business, every unit, how it integrates into the bigger picture of the business, and then how I can assist. My underlining motivation was because I want to learn the business because I want to one day have my own business. Mm-hmm. So was the best way to learn is to work at all these all these different companies. I took on a lot of contract. I didn't care. Any opportunity came my way. I took it. Contract permanent. Didn't matter to me. So 2013 is when I finished my last contract role. And I was like, you know, I'm going to take a break from HR. My dad ended up buying like a couple of new businesses. And one, I had an interest. I'm like, I'll help you set it up while I'm kind of like in between jobs. So he bought a travel franchise. I was like, okay, travel is fun. I get to travel, right? So I'm like, you know, I'm going to help you with this. I don't care about the other few. So I got into the travel business. Like it was a lot of work, like learning travel destinations, how travel works is a whole different, very interesting, but very challenging to learn. So I loved it because I was kind of bored of HR at that moment. But that's when I realized I love business and I want to do this. I don't want to go back in the corporate world. I worked so many long hours, worked in so many standalone roles. I worked so many long hours and I was like, you know what, for salary, I can do the same amount of hours and have the potential to make 
whatever income by working for myself. So that was my driving motivation. And I started my entrepreneur journey actually from travel franchise to actually launching my own travel planning company in the niche market of honeymoon planning. Oh, yeah. And then I went really niche and uh, went into South Asian market because South Asians obviously were drawn to me because I'm South Asians. We have something in common. And I found my space in a really niche market in travel with South Asian and being the only one in. And I started going to wedding shows. So I was the only one doing this. So it gave me a competitive advantage. And I launched my first company, Escape Destination Planning branded it and all that stuff. So that's where actually I started my entrepreneur journey, but then I missed HR. So I went back to HR and started my HR consulting business. Actually, I launched my HR consulting business back in 2009. And my first business, I always forget this. Actually, my first business was my side hustle. In 2008, I started artificial jewelry business selling Indian artificial jewelry and I had two partners one was my twin sister and then one was my friend so three of us I started it but then I got them involved it was great it took off it was only Facebook we started with Facebook advertisement free groups and um, posting it there and then my friend and we did like open house to come see the jewelry so it started to really take off being young relatable to the the brides and stuff because we were I was at that age as well so we're targeting my age group at the time and our business took off and it was just posting on Facebook that's amazing and then we grew it to have like our other accessories and then we went into custom coloring jewelry so I learned how to custom color jewelry Indian jewelry I went to India and um, I got someone to show me how to do it so we can custom color, not also get custom designed, but custom color, you know, bridesmaids, jewelry in Indian market. So yeah, like started to do that, started to sell other accessories, purses, shoes. So it kind of just grew from there. And then, yeah, so that was my first business. I always forget that actually my first business was the artificial (laughs) jewelry side hustle while I was working full time in HR. Wow, that's incredible. Oh my God. So I have to ask you throughout all your serial entrepreneurship, I always ask this, like, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> Entrepreneur. I already okay. knew that. You know, as a, like, young kid? As yeah. a young, young kid? 16. 16. Okay. My early memory is of me 16 because I was really good in chemistry to the point where I was tutor other people. My chemistry teacher told me that, you know, you're so good at it. You should go to university and pursue something in chemistry. I was like, nope, I'm business. I'm going in business. And um, so I knew like at that age, 16, 17, I think it was when I was in that chemistry class, maybe 17. So I knew that I'm going in business. And my dad around the same time or a year before, two years prior to that, he started a new business, car rental business, because he he used to sell new used cars. And he's like, well, this is not making me money standing here. I'm going to start a rental business. I uh, stayed up all night. And at that time, there was no Google. Okay. We didn't have Google. I stayed up all night from all the four kids. I was the youngest. From all the kids, it was only me. Stayed up all night, pulled out a dictionary, went through all the words and meanings and everything. And then I came up with the name called Ideal Car Rental. And my dad was like, great. And I'm like, ideal means like, this is what ideal means. I think it's perfect. And he kept it until this day. That's the name of my dad's car and truck rental. 
Absolutely. So it sounds like your dad was a big influence in your life. Was that like your number one person who motivated you into your world? Not really, uh, because I wasn't allowed to work in the family business because it was car business, auto body shop and stuff like that. So I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I can't say that my dad guided me in any way, but I would say just maybe indirectly seeing him. I think it was just something in me that wanted it because out of the four kids, it's only me. Right. So I think it was just something I wanted to do. Uh, but I can't say that my dad ever guided us. But yeah, he always said that business is the way to go. Yeah. And I remember when I graduated, he actually wanted to buy a recruitment agency franchise. And he goes, I'll, I'll buy it, you run it. And I'm like, I just graduated. I'm not running no business. I want to go work. And I think my decision to work actually did come from him because he did work, but he didn't work in business corporations, right? He was a new, he was an immigrant to Canada in the seventies. So he didn't work in corporations and a desk job and office job, like factory work, and then drove a taxi and stuff like that. And before he launched his business. So I wanted to go learn the ins and out of the businesses yeah. in a larger scale than my dad's business. So I was like, no, I don't want you to buy a recruitment agency franchise. I'm not running it. I want to go work. I think for me, that was the best decision I made was to work in corporations in corporate world to learn the ins and out of the different uh, ways the businesses can run in different. And I worked in so many different industries. That's why I took on contracts, contract jobs. That's amazing. That's amazing. So who was your biggest, who or what was your biggest source of inspiration to want to be an entrepreneur? I guess that's a better question. <laughs> Maybe my dad, I guess. <laughs> when I became an entrepreneur who motivated to me keep going would be my mom. Mm -hmm. But it was her sharing stories of my dad. So like, I can't say that one particular person was the one why I wanted to be it. Yeah. It just, honestly speaking, it was just something in me that wanted it. Not because my dad was doing it, not because somebody in the family, because we had other family members as well that are business owners. It had nothing to do with that. It was just something that I wanted. But my motivation to keep going when I became an entrepreneur, yes, was my dad, because one thing I did admire about my dad was he never gave up on his businesses. Even when bad times came in, in the 90s recession, we were going to be on the streets. We, like we lost everything and we're like this close to being on the streets because of the recession. But my dad still kept going and going and somehow something worked out. Someone came and gave him money to rebuild his business and he learned from that. So I would say motivation fact did come from the fact that my dad never gave up. No matter how many obstacles came his way, he didn't give up on his business, even to a point where he lost everything. He still didn't give up on his business and something worked out. So remembering all these things, I kept going in my business because yes, when you start a business, especially when I started it like full time, like that was my only income now. Yeah. Like my mom used to motivate me by sharing his story. So that I keep going. And then anytime I was a little bit down, I was like, no, my dad didn't give up. And that's why he's successful. So I'm going to keep going and I'm going to figure it out. And because he kept going, something he indirectly instilled in me was that there was always a way. 
Mm. And I brought that into my jobs too, that there's always a way. And more of it came out to be when I became an entrepreneur was no, there's always a way you got to figure it out, keep going back to the drawing board. And that's what I used to do. If I didn't land a client, I went back to the drawing board to analyze what's what did I do? What was the outcome? And okay, analyze and be like, okay, well, I, this strategy, I actually didn't work. So I need to drop this and I need to figure a new strategy and so on. So I kept going back to the drawing board every time I didn't land a client. And when you start off in a consulting world with no, like nobody knows you. And I did it totally a way that I don't recommend people doing it. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but then I didn't make the time to network mm. before I started my business. I wish I did that. Yeah. And set the stage. So I had this smooth transition. I didn't, but you know what? That's probably why that was my journey. And I was destined to do it that way so that I learn what I know today. If I maybe had that smooth transition, maybe I wouldn't know all the things I know today. So everything happens for a reason, but the motivation factor, I would say, would be my dad. Yeah. Seeing him like every single day as a kid working hard and never giving up on the one thing that he really wanted. That's amazing. And you mentioned like there was a point where he almost lost it all. He did lose it. We had to do power of sale. Yeah, he did lose it. But another guy actually came in because we're losing everything. And then he actually was an independent mortgage company. He actually told my dad what to do. He's the one who told my dad, you know, over like put it on pirate sale, start put, uh, open a corporation, get the corporation to buy your business. So that guy actually guided my dad on. And that's when my dad learned about corporations, how you can actually open a corporation, then buy the building and put it in there. He, uh, his business, all that stuff, because the guys like right now, banks can come after you because it's under your name. But if you put in a corporation, they can't come after you. Right. So we went, he had to declare bankruptcy, but this guy, my brother told me about him so he still remembers his name his name was Eddie I forgot what the company was called but he actually told my dad what to do and overnight plus he had the commercial building for his body shop that he's running the business oh my dad bought the building as well so overnight put it on power sale my dad bought it and uh, put open a corporation got money from one of his friends learned that my dad was losing everything. He's like, no, no, you're not closing anything. I'm going to get the money. He collected the money from whoever got the money, bought it uh, over power of sale into a corporation. And and then the same thing with our house, we lost our house. We had to do power of sale and then transferred it into, uh, I don't remember whose name. So my dad had to start from zero again. Wow. But he learned. Right. And he never made that mistake again. That like, we never were in that position again. So he did learn. So everything, you know, when I look at his journey and I look at mine, everything is a learning curve, right? Everything happens to teach you something. So you can either look at it as a learning opportunity. It's here to teach you something so you can truly get better and be in a a more aligned with your destiny. Or you can look like put your hands up and just cry, right? Like you have a choice. I think in every single day, we have a choice and how we uh, react to the situation. We can either look at it. It's here to teach me something and change your mindset, or we can just sit in that negative, negative energy. And then nothing's going to work because <laughs> of being in that negative mind. Right. Right. Well, it's amazing to me that he was able to rise up and and figure it out, right? Because in moments where things are just like you lose everything, like how do you stay motivated to to keep going? I don't know how he did it. I was a kid, but yeah, he did it. I remember the time was so bad that 
me, my mom, my sister, uh, three of us, we, we took a contract. I was in grade eight. So I was what, 13, maybe 12, 13 year old. We took a a contract to distribute those flyers door to door. And in Toronto, we have so much snow during wintertime. And that was like one of the coldest winters ever. (laughs) Coldest winter ever. So much snow. But me, my mom, and my sister went door to door to distribute flyer because we had no money. We didn't have money to buy groceries. That's how bad the time was when the recession came. It really hit us really bad as a family too. Wow. And what my dad was a sole income provider. Wow. I'm sure for him, his motivation was with the family, you know, for everybody to keep moving forward. And for, for you guys, you know, my, my dad, similar story. I mean, when he was building everything up, I didn't know this until years later. He probably told me this when I was like 21, but he's like, Pam, when you were little, like I used to come home and cry. I didn't know how I was going to pay for all these different things and how I was going to feed like you, your brother, your mom, like we were just, you know, it was hard times, but you know, you kept me motivated and it sounds like, and I have a sense that it was probably maybe with him. My dad, when he started his business, he worked in like, when he started the auto body shop, let's say it's eight to five or whatever. So he did that, obviously no customers. So at night he drove taxi because he had four kids. Interesting thing is he started the business when he had four kids, me being the youngest, me and my sister were twins. So we're the youngest plus a wife. And I think my grandparents at the time lived with us too. So imagine starting a business with that much pressure that you have a family to support. So that was my motivation in 2013 was, wait a minute, like I'm not going back to corporate. I'm going to do business. It's something I always wanted to do. Now is the perfect time. I don't have a family. I'm single. I don't have mortgage to pay. I I don't have that extra stress. So right now is the time to take that chance. Take the risk. What's the worst? I would not be successful. What's the big deal? I'll go back to working in the corporate world, right? Like that, I'm already working in the corporate world. So that was my um, decision factor was, you know what? Like my dad did it with four kids. So that's so much pressure. Right now, I'm only responsible for me. Uh, like I pay rent and that's it, right? Groceries, rent, that's it. Right. No mortgage, right. no kids, no husband. So I was like, it's actually the perfect time. So I was like, I'm doing it. And when I finally did it, my first boss, I still talked to him. He's like, about time. I've been telling you since you were my HR assistant, you are an entrepreneur. You're wasting your time. Oh my God. I'm not wasting my time. I'm learning. <laughs> well, it's amazing to me because that's going to be my question for you is like, how did you transition? Because so many people are like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be an entrepreneur. And they're still working corporate, like all the years later, like, you know, what really motivated that jump? And it sounds like for you, you were like, hey, what do I have to lose? Right. It was also my, the last job that I finished, I was working legitly almost 12 hours a day. I was in a standalone HR role. So I was the only HR back then companies to cheap out an HR. So I was the only person in my location for HR and I was working long hours. And if I called in sick or went on vacation, there's nobody covering my role. So when I came back at all this work, even on vacation, it was like, oh my God, I better check an email because if when I come back, I'm going to have millions of emails, right? So then when I finished that job uh, contract position and then wanted me to come back for another few months, I was like, no. And then when I started working, helping my dad, and that's when I was like, you know, I'd rather work 12 hours a day for me and build something of my own than to go back in the corporate world and do it for someone else and make them money. 
Mm. So that was kind of like the decision maker for me. And also because I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. So it was kind of like, let's do it now. Let just, I got to do it. And the other reason why I took the jump, big jump, like I had my HR consulting built and set up like all the fine tuning since 2009. But because I was working so, so much long hours, at the end of the day, I didn't have time to go get a client. It was just in HR, a lot of people don't understand how draining HR job can be dealing with employee relations issues and investigation it can be a, a draining so i was like you know what i've started this business 2009 i haven't really done anything because i don't have time and the only where i'm going to make the time is when i have no other source of income so that was the other kind of like no i had to go all in otherwise it was not going to happen so mm-hmm. i was like i'm going all in i had 20k in savings that's it <laughs> And then like transitioning into it, you know, like what would be your best advice based on what you learned in the first, you know, years of business? Because those are the toughest, right? They say the first three to five years is like, what are some things that you learned throughout that process and what your advice would be throughout that? I would say we have it easy nowadays because of social media and technology compared to like my dad's time. So the best advice I can give, it's something I teach actually. So as a coach, so I do coaching on the side too. So is something I teach is build your brand. You as an individual, build your brand. Don't have to be an entrepreneur or have a business to build you as an individual, as a brand. So my best advice to anybody out there listening to this is that you need to start today, this very moment, start building and investing your time in building your brand as an individual, because that would open so many doors for you, be it in your career, be it as a business person. When you start to build a brand and people start recognizing you for who you are, what you can do. Like, for example, me and you today became to be over because of LinkedIn and because I built a brand. Like I would, you wouldn't have reached out to me. I wouldn't even know who you are. So a lot of my opportunities now actually come in just by my brand building on LinkedIn. I have not spent any money in marketing two or three years. And it's all coming to me through me actually investing so much time in building my brand. So I think the best advice I can give anybody, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to build your brand. Invest the time to build your brand. You will thank me later because you can also make so much money. Even as a career professional, you can make so much more money if you invest the time to build a brand because people buy people. People. So brand building. I love that. I love that. And and I love that you mentioned that because a lot of people feel like brand building only is associated with entrepreneurs. Yeah. And you're talking about, no, no, in a regular corporate job, like you need, you yeah. need to brand yourself because what stands you apart from anybody else, right? Yeah. And honestly, if you want to land a six-figure job or you want to make more money than you're making right now. I teach this as a coach now, past two years I've been teaching brand building uh, to current professionals. My clients who work with me, like I help someone land 130K job from 80K went into getting 130K. Just recently, just two days ago, my client messaged me. She she landed a job that's paying her 60% more than what her current position is because of brand, right? Like positioning, marketing yourself. Also brand building also teaches you how to sell yourself. So brand building, personal brand building has nothing to do with entrepreneur business, nothing. But as a career professional, it's like 
I teach people like, look at Google CEO, look at any of the CEOs. You think they go looking for a job? No, people come to be like, I want you come work for my company. Right. And yep. what, they, what, what did they do? I go, they build their brand that everybody knows about them and what results they can do. And so can you in today's day and age, we can do that. And LinkedIn, it's your choice on how you use a platform. You can sit there and see LinkedIn as a job board only, or you can see it as, you know, I can do this with it. Even my social media now, past two years, I just, especially the last year, I've totally, I'm just building my brand. On Instagram, I'm building it in a different way. On LinkedIn, I build it differently, but I'm hitting two different platforms, two different ways. But brand building is one of the best ways people can make so much money. So even as a career professional, you can be making so much more money if you invest the time in building a brand so that when someone comes to you, you can ask for X amount of money and they won't hesitate because, you know, they see it. They, you're showing your value every single day on by building your brand. So like, I'm like totally passionate about brand building. Like yeah. I can do it in my sleep in the sense that I can come up with ideas in my sleep. Like I am so into the best advice. I wish I knew brand building when I started in 2013. I wish I built my brand before I became an entrepreneur. I wish I didn't spend money on $2,500 to build my first website, five, $600 on a logo. You don't even need all that if you just build your brand. And if you want to become an entrepreneur, forget having a website. You don't need none of this stuff. To test the waters, you should build your brand and see what people are reaching out to you and what type of help are they reaching out to you and what you can do for them in return. I learned that from uh, Damon John. Wow. Shark Tank? Shark Tank, yeah. Oh, yeah, I used to watch a lot of Shark Tank when I became an entrepreneur. Oh, my God. I could sit there and watch it all day. It's it's scary. <laughs> I can but you learn, right? Like learning, you can happen from anywhere. So I learned a lot from Shark Tank, but then I started following Damon John on uh, Instagram and he puts out a lot of great content. So I learned a lot. And in the last two years, I, I would credit him and my sales coach for my growth. But he, Damon John said something very uh, interesting was pay attention to what people are talking on social media because people will list their problems so pay attention and then he said pay attention to what people are reaching out to you and what problems they're telling you he goes pay attention to the problems that people are telling you about and then come up with a solution to the problem a lot of times what people do is we think there's a problem so let me come up with the solution and then we go test the water to see if there's a problem out there that you have a solution to. So he says, do it the other way around. Forget coming up with solutions or thinking there's a problem. Forget that. Pay attention. Open your eyes. Listen. Pay attention to what people are talking on social media, LinkedIn, and what are people reaching out to you. That's where you'll know what service or product you can do. Right. Because people are coming to you with the problem. So the research kind of can be done if you just pay attention. And I would say that's where my biggest shift happened. Hence, I started doing career coaching was like people are reaching out to me all the time for this advice, for this advice, this and this. I'm like, there's a need. <laughs> also is because he's like, when people are reaching out to you constantly for something, there is a need. He, I will give credit to me kind of entering into career coaching was that so many people were reaching out to me. I'm like, if so many people are reaching out to me and I'm always doing this for free, there is a need. 
yeah. I need to capitalize on this now. <laughs> I'm not going to be giving people free advice all the time. So I was like, yo, no, 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 no. People are reaching out to me. So there's clearly a need. And then I started doing these workshops on uh, paid. And then it led me to create this program called Land a Job in 30 Days. So that's like a coaching kind of I was already doing coaching, being in HR, I've always been doing coaching mm -hmm. and people always came to me for resume help all the time because I'm in HR, but I was doing it for free. And then 2019, I was like, no, I'm not doing it for free. There's a need. I'm going to capitalize on it. And it, it, it did come from Damon John though. That's amazing. Oh my, I was going to ask you what your biggest aha moment was. And it sounds like it came to you through that. For career coaching. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For HR, I wouldn't say I have a haha -ha moment. I'm still trying to figure out my haha -ha in HR. <laughs> in HR, but actually, no, a haha -ha moment. Actually, no, I take that back. No, I had a haha -ha moment because I come from a family that's entrepreneur. Like my aunt's an entrepreneur. They have uh, franchises and so on. So they were always because I was in HR, they were reaching out to me. Hey, how do I deal with this problem? How do I deal with this problem? So I come from small business owners, uh, entrepreneurs in my family. Then I was like, and giving them guidance and then they're able to, you know, fix their problems. But then the income, the, the revenues are growing. They're doing better in business. That's when I had a haha -ha moment. And it's why I work with smaller businesses and organizations is before I was working with anybody as a consultant when I launched my business. But then the haha -ha moment happened when I was helping smaller businesses in, the, in my family or friends circle. I was like, you know, no. Small businesses, if they and they lack HR support, if they actually got us very strong HR support, they can actually double, triple their revenues, their profits, because it's all about attracting the right talent to come work for you. But then onboarding them, building those processes and procedures, because without people working for you, you don't have a business either. How are you going to deliver to your customers if you don't have the right people delivering that solution to your customers? So identifying the right talent to work for your organization can really help a small businesses boom. And in Canada, I don't know what the numbers look for US. I'm pretty sure it might be the same, but I'm going to just talk about Canada stats. In mm -hmm. Canada, 90% of jobs are created from small businesses. Wow. Only 10% jobs are created from the larger billion dollar industries, but smaller organizations are creating 90% of the job market and the economy. And now we got the big dose of it during this pandemic where, oh my God, everything is stemming from the small businesses. So now people are becoming even more aware because of the things to pandemic that how important small businesses are to the economy because the 90% of the economy runs on small businesses. So my ha, ha moment happened during that, like I think 2016, 17, I was like, wait, I'm helping all these family and friends who run businesses and I'm seeing like how much value is being added to them and how they're able to grow their businesses. That's when I was like, no, I'm going to work with smaller businesses because these guys are the backbone of our economy. And if we can give them proper HR, I can give them HR proper support. That business is going to grow. That business grows. It helps everybody involved in the country. The economy is going to grow because of them. They're going to create more jobs and people get hired. Who wins? everybody so that's when i had a haha moment and i've been uh working with smaller medium-sized organizations and it's that's where my passion lies i don't go after the large organization there's tons of people going after them but i want to help 
the smaller organizations because they truly are the backbone of our economy. That's amazing. I love that so much. I love that so much. And now another question that I have for you, and it's my last question, which I love so much, you know, what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now in life, business, whatever, whatever speaks to you? If I have to go back and tell my younger self, a fearless, be fearless. I, I was not a fearless person growing up. I I grew up in a very sheltered traditional Indian family where girls are very sheltered. So I was shy, nervous. Uh, it wasn't, if you met me <laughs> 10, 20 years ago, you'd be like, are you the same person? So <laughs> I would say uh, if I can go back, one advice I will give my younger self is to have the guts to go pursue what you want and don't let anyone stop you. So being fearless and owning your power. The last, I think six months, I've really grown into my power to recognize, you know, I have the ability and the power to create my life the way I want it. And thanks to doing meditation, I've always been into meditation, but September of last year, I really got into Reiki healing, affirmations and all that stuff. So I would, so the advice I would give my younger self is that you have the power to be whoever you want it to be, as long as you believe in it and own your power and then ask for guidance from the universe, God, I believe in God. So if you believe in God, just ask for the guidance and it will come to you. You're able to attract whatever you want if you have that, if you're vibing on that a frequency. So my younger self, I, the best advice I can give my younger self is to be fearless and face your fears, which I have to learn the hard way. Right. I love that. I love that so much. That's one of my biggest things is like, you know, regret is far worse than, than fear, right? Yeah. Yeah. Far- I don't regret anything in my life. But I was a shy person. So that's why I said like the, my younger self, I would say to be fearless. Right. And on, on some aspect I was, but I really became fearless because of going through a divorce and all that stuff. Like a lot of the stuff that happened to me did lead me to where I'm today. So I have no regrets or look at any of my situations and have any like negativity towards it because each situation that happened from me entering into an abusive marriage, getting out of an abusive marriage to all the stuff that happened afterwards, it was meant for me because I needed to get to where I am today. And if that didn't happen, I 100% see this in confidence that if I didn't go through what I did, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be here talking to you. Right, right. And touching on that, you know, what would be the biggest tip for somebody who might be going through that? Because we have a ton of different listeners and who knows what their situation is right now. But like you just mentioned, because I know that there's people going through divorces, maybe an abusive relationship or anything like that. Like, what would be your best tip? Since you just mentioned it, I feel like we got to touch on it because I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, if you are in an abusive relationship, get out. Like it, it's not going to get better I think people stay in and think oh person will get better maybe the abuse will stop mental abuse it took me I think it's been 12 years it took me last year to get into a better mental space like I still had things that will trigger me because of what I went through in the abusive mental abusive and physical but mental abuse is something that takes a very long time to mentally heal from when you've been abused mentally every single day and mine was a short marriage so luckily I got up but I that's because I seen abuse growing up to know like no this stuff is just gonna get worse have the power to say you know what I don't deserve this see ya 
Like, that's exactly what I was like, I'm out. Like, it's not easy to walk out on a marriage. No one gets married to get divorced. But the longer you stay, the longer you're prolonging your happiness. In the end of the day, what matters is are you happy? If you're not happy, you need to leave. I know it's a hard decision. I know I've been through it. It's not easy. The aftermath's not easy, but it's a temporary setback, a temporary pain for the greater happiness. You will be happy, but you're going to like, you got to leave in order to be happy. Abuse is abuse. No one should abuse anybody, not even mentally, physically, definitely not, but mental abuse as well. If someone's not respecting, if your partner doesn't respect you and mentally belittles you and you feel like you're walking on eggshell, that's not a way to live. And I know so many people stay in it. I hope you find the courage to put yourself first and be like, I don't deserve this. This is not the life I want to live and I'm going. And then like, I didn't have this, but find a support group or get into, honestly, get into Reiki healing meditation. Meditation helps. Like I'm super, like, I don't like calling religious, but I'm spiritual, but Reiki healing and adding my uh, Sikh prayers combination has really actually helped me heal on a larger scale. Like I knew I'd had internal things that I was still holding on to and I didn't heal. So somehow I came across Reiki healing and I still do my Sikh prayers, but adding that extra layer in the healing it has helped me truly heal. So I would say, you know, even in our opening tell people, if you're going through something bad, you know, it's really easy for anyone to say, hey, leave, right? Like just pick up and leave. But yeah. mentally, you got to have that courage. But doing a Reiki healing session, like nowadays, you know, we're blessed to have technology that people putting out uh, meditations for free. And we didn't have that in 2008. What we have access to today, we didn't have it in 2008. Now you can find anything like so many people are doing YouTube channels, right? Like that's why I love where we are today. Like I'm here talking to you on a podcast. Did podcasts actually exist in 2008? No. Right. So we have so much information available to us. So anybody's listening, that's going through a bad time or you're in an abusive relationship, Honestly, adopt a meditation, go, go to YouTube, find a Reiki healing, because that will really help you to cleanse internal uh, fears and issues, uh, insecurities. And once you clear that out, you will be so secure to be like, I deserve better. I'm going and it will help you. I love that, Gurpri. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for offering those tips and that insight. You mentioned it and I was like, you know, I know there's people that that need that guidance. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. I really appreciate that. And now where can everybody find you and your awesomeness? LinkedIn is the best way to connect with me. So my LinkedIn profile is Gurpreet Kaur Mon. So G-U-R-P-R-E-E-T. Kaur is K-A-U-R. Last name is M-A-N-N. And if you guys are on Instagram, then my account's public and it's the handle. My name is G dot k-m-a-n-n it's public anybody can connect with me so those are two platforms i'm on but linkedin is my platform and you can find me like the fastest way to reach out to me is linkedin i will respond back fast i love it so much and grip is there anything you're up to any any new projects any new programs that you're launching coming up soon Yeah, I'm actually uh, launching two different things for two different, like, so I have two different businesses now. So for HR consulting, my company is called HR Superhero, and we are actually launching a product called HR in a Box. So it's a total 
HR solution done for you, ready to use, click download, and you can use it. And it's designed for smaller businesses to really help them build the HR infrastructure from, you know, hiring, onboarding, new hires, how to, it's to manage the employee life cycle and performance, KPIs. It's totally everything you need to set your business up for success when it comes to HR. So it's all done for you and you can just click and download. So we're about to launch that. Um, It's just taking a little bit longer, but because it's such a big project that I've been working on for a couple of years, I was giving it, but now we're re-ramping it and it's going to be called HR in a box. So it's done for you HR solution. For my coaching business, I'm actually launching a new program just for personal branding. So if anybody that's interested in to personally brand themselves as a career professional, that's an amazing program that I'm launching to really help people understand why they need to brand themselves and how they can make more money. If you brand yourself, you can make more money. I love that so much, Kirpri. Thank you so much for being here today. You offered so much amazing insight and I loved hearing your story. So thank you so, so much for being here. I appreciate you. You're welcome. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode.